0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Thanks for listening to the latest Football Digest podcast available on all major podcast platforms. Subscribe now through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast or wherever you get your podcasts from so you don't miss a single episode.
1: Hello and welcome to the Football Digest Daily. I am your host, Connor Bromley, who's also got a frog in his throat by the sounds of it. <coughs> and I am joined by one of our video journalists, Ned Keating, and also one of our regular sports journalists, uh, Warren Muggleton. How are you doing today, guys, Warren? What's happening?
2: Very well, thank you. Very nice, exciting day here down in, in Dorset. <laughs> well, I would say beautiful sunny day, but it's not. So that's just my life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's uh, so exciting, Dave. Excited for the Premier League action to get started again.
1: Yeah, international breaks just really, really kind of ruin things, don't they? Uh, (laughs) With the momentum of the season starting. (laughs) But obviously there's only one place to start, Ned. Manchester United, Cristiano Ronaldo inexplicably left off our television screens this weekend. Um, But what what do you think we can expect this weekend? Will Cristiano Ronaldo start as Manchester United entertain Newcastle at Old Trafford?
0: Well, this is the big thing, isn't it, that we're all expecting Ronaldo to kind of be a, a, a starter from the off for Man United when he returns. But there's been a lot of talk and, and speculation over the last few days that he isn't, that maybe he's just going to introduce him off the bench instead. And you kind of wonder, um, you know, of course, that you want him to, to kind of settle in. Connor, I think we've had like discussions away from the podcast about kind of how, um, you know, these are, these are big boys who need time to still settle in and kind of find their way, find their feet. Like, yes, he's coming home to Man United, but it's not the same Man United that he left 12 years ago. They're not playing the same way. It's not the same team. So he still needs time to to settle in. So in that respect that, yes, we expect, you know, this player, the greatest, one of the greatest of all time to kind of walk straight into that Man United squad. But you see the same with Lionel Messi as well at PSG, that he was being slowly introduced off the bench as well. He wasn't straight in. So it's that, it's that weird running that we expect it, and it will probably still be a shock when it comes out tomorrow that he isn't starting and that he is on the bench. But you wonder as well whether or not maybe is doing it because he'll get a far greater reception when he does come on by himself off the bench. Then, then obviously if he's one of the players that kind of walks out of the tunnel with everyone else with another 10 behind him, um, he, he's going to get a brilliant reception regardless tomorrow. Um, and, and as you said there, you know, it's so interesting that... that it's not on TV so that the only ones that will see Ronaldo's second debut live as it happens are either those in Old Trafford or or those that have somehow found a dodgy stream somewhere and and watching it on that, which is great, you know, because, because, you know, like last year was brilliant in that, you know, obviously we could watch so much football when there was nothing else to do, but it did kind of take away from it a bit. There was too much football. There was no intrigue. There was, you know, there wasn't a reason to watch Match of the Day at half 10 at night because we'd all seen it. We'd all watched it because it was, it was available everywhere. But now, tomorrow night, there's a, there's a great reason to go out and watch Match of the Day at half 10 because you get to see Ronaldo. And there's, there's a great reason to listen to the radio as well because there's no other way to find out how Ronaldo and United get on, on his second debut. And Warren, do you think there's any chance that Newcastle can spoil
1: that party tomorrow? Because it it would feel fitting to me that this whole debut would end in tears for uh, Manchester. United. And they've certainly not started the season particularly well in the last... Well, I mean, they started well in the opening day, but the last two games have been very, very iffy. Um, Do you think there's any chance that Newcastle will spoil that for them? If you can keep the ball in
2: that sort of midfield area where probably not Fred perhaps, but perhaps McTominay, uh, maybe Matic, you know, working in in, tail with Fernandes. They can keep the ball in that midfield, keep it away from Wilson and then keep that maximum between Wamba Zaka and Varane. I think that's where they will stop Newcastle from upsetting the party, as as you say. But I think also in terms of improving that poor form, I think I'll give the counter argument for Ned in terms of starting Ronaldo in this respect. So, the argument you would say is perhaps United. the reason that they've got Ronaldo in there is an argument that they've missed a target man in certain respects. I mean, Greenwood is great. There's no getting away from the fact that Greenwood's great, but I feel like he works best when he's either shooting a little bit from distance on the counter attack, whipping the ball past the keeper to his near post or whether he's coming into the box from a late position. You feel like Ronaldo offers that different alternative. He'll sort of, give you something in the air it'll give you a more direct approach as well so there's probably a reason there for him to start maybe pogba has to lose his place in the last uh, to walk out at old Trafford for that but I think there's the reason for him starting I think that could improve that form as well because they I think their shot accuracy has probably only got like a third of their shots on target I think Ronaldo's influence would have to increase that so I'll be cheering on and I think that's yeah I hope that answers your question so I think they Newcastle there's chances. But I think they're limited with the experience that United have at the back. And I think that that form will be improved if Ronaldo either starts or maybe even comes on in the second half or something like that. I'll certainly be sure. I got this old number out. I got this when I was about 10 or 11. Got the old number seven on. Check that out. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, it's my, as as the natural heir to Ronaldo's number seven. But I was going to say, does it still fit? (laughs) Oh, God, no. (laughs) <laughs> Maybe round like the torso,
1: but it's a bit tight.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: so for for listeners there, Warren just pulled out, I think, a 2004-05 Manchester United home it kit. It was indeed. Yeah, yeah <laughs> an iconic <laughs> kit. Inspired um, by Ronaldo. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ned, last thing uh, to touch on with the Manchester United game. You know, we watched the, the Wolves game, and United were poor, probably, well, fortunate, let's be honest, to, to get a 1-0 victory that day. Southampton the week before. I would say Man United were terrible, you know, and, and managed to, to squeak out a draw. This is a team that, yes, they started well against Leeds on the opening day, got themselves a 5-1 win at Old Trafford. But they're also a team that aren't playing at 100%. Um, they've got a lot of international players who, you know, probably are tired from, you know, playing all around the world.
0: This is an important game for Manchester United to find the form, isn't it? It is, but I can see Warren nodding. And the reason why I think I know that Warren's nodding there is he's a United fan. So he'll probably agree with what I'm about to say here And that the sign of United teams are old, were play badly and still pick up points, still pick up results. And of course, this, this current United squad is nowhere near the, the Fergie vintages that we had when Ronaldo was first at the club, you know, from, from the late noughties and, and into the early tens as well. You know, that, that kind of that group of players, you know, it didn't matter how badly they'd played. Or, or how well they played, they would still managed to pick up results and points, and and that's always the sign of a good team. That that we're talking about the fact that they're still winning, they still haven't lost, but they're still yet to hit top four, and that's a slight concern because then you kind of always think, okay, well, when's it going to come? When's it going to come? And yes, you would be concerned about not playing well against Southampton, not playing well against Wolves, but you know this is early days in the season. It probably takes you know about six to eight weeks to really kind of get yourselves up and running. So if you can, if you can play okay now and still pick up results, then that's obviously the best thing. You know, you don't want to, you know, even with Man City, even last year, you know, when they, they, they romped at a title in the end, but we can't honestly sit here and say, oh yeah, they had a good start to the season because they were... No, no one was talking about them back in December when Liverpool were top of the table and everyone thought that Liverpool were going to have a cakewalk to the title again. That wasn't the case and and City came through in the end and, and everyone would say that they rightly deserved to win the title because they started playing the best football, but they didn't start well and, and likewise Man, City, uh, Man United sorry, this year haven't started well and I think that's more of a concern to the outside than it is to Man United fans because at some point, you know, it is going to click you would think with with the quality of the players that they've got and... Um, and, and yeah, if they're winning when they're playing badly, then imagine what they're going to be doing when they're starting to play well.
1: Yeah, well, as a, as a Sunderland fan, I'm kind of hoping and praying that uh, Newcastle <laughs> take a hammer in this weekend. I think I was fighting the Newcastle calls there a little bit, but it just had to get in there. That <laughs> I do want Manchester United to, to turn it on at the weekend. We'll move on now, though, to the other end of the league table. Arsenal against Norwich. And Arsenal are a topic of conversation on this podcast every single time we're talking about the Premier League. They've had a... A bad start. It's fair to say with Ned with his Tottenham smile going there. <laughs> Norwich City this weekend, though, a relegation six-pointer. Would you say, Ned? Yeah. <laughs> how important <laughs> is it that Arsenal? I mean, because if Arsenal don't win this weekend, then the world is is caving in on
0: them. He's, he's gone. Like if they, I'm, I'm sorry, but you're at home to Norwich. You're the biggest spenders in the Premier League, and if you cannot beat Norwich at home, who? Man City have put goals past, Liverpool have put goals past, you know, they look porous at the back. If you cannot beat Norwich City, I am sorry, but there is nowhere else you're going than the job centre on Monday morning, because he, he will have proven there and then that he is not good enough to lead Arsenal going forward. Um, so yeah, the pressure is 100% on him. He has to win. doesn't matter how he wins. He just has to win because then that's the only thing that's going to keep the wolves away from the door. Um, you know, even a draw is not going to be enough to to kind of convince Arsenal fans that, that he's still the right man for the job. And the worst thing is, is that this is at home. This isn't, you know, going away to Carrow Road and there'll only be a couple of thousand Arsenal fans there and he can hide away from it afterwards if they have a bad result. This goes wrong for him on Saturday. He has got 60,000 people in a stadium, baying for his blood. Um yeah, there's only one there's only one thing that Miguel Arteta can do this weekend to keep himself in the job, and that is win.
1: Moren, anything to add there on the Arsenal situation? Do you think it's as desperate as I mean, I can't imagine Miguel Arteta actually going to the job centre? It'd be an interesting <laughs> sight to see. But uh... no. No.
2: well, I mean, I'd add a follow-up question to all this. Should Arteta go, I mean, should it go wrong and then Arteta had well been a position where they feel like they have to get rid of him? Who on earth is available to come in his place <laughs> at the moment? I mean, I, I tried to look through the list of like the available people. Like we've already seen Antonio Conte just walk away from this entire discussion. Uh, Zidane, you'd feel like. Pfft, yeah, just that's not in uh, discussion. I think the only options you're looking at, Andrea Perlo, which Arsenal fans really didn't seem to like the idea of when he was spotted in London. Uh, the only ones I can think of is possibly like Louis, Louis Campos, perhaps, with Lille uh, taking, he put them to the title in league 1. Uh, Lucien Favre, perhaps, Dortmund. And then Eddie Howe is the only option. I mean, he's just down the road. For me, I'm down in Dortmund. He's, he's still down the road in San Max, So he's not doing much. But the problem I see is there's not a lot of options out there with the capability of managing well, talent-filled squads, of high, high-wage high players who've got a lot of European experience and they're pushing for that. And you wonder if Arsenal have got themselves in almost like a... It's the anti-checkmate position, let's call it, where they could get rid of Arteta, but there's not a lot of options there to get out. So it feels like a massively important game for them, even though it's against the promoted side Norwich. Not to disrespect what Norwich are doing, I'm sure they're going to put everything into that game in North London, but... You feel like it's going to be an interesting crowd up in North London at the Emirates.
1: Yeah, I wonder if uh, Sam Allardyce might be on the on the floor, <laughs> <Monday morning. laughs> just on the side of the sofa the final. Yeah, <laughs> geez, imagine maybe.
0: that. Like, imagine how much we come. That like, obviously, it would never happen. But you know, I mean, Arsenal were in the relegation battle, and, and there's only one man that knows really. Yeah, I mean, apart from last season and failing to keep West Brom up, there's only one man for the job. Really, normally. Yeah, <laughs> or Tony Pulis maybe. maybe
1: Tony <laughs> yeah, he's available. I can imagine Old Guard doing very well with, with Tony Pulis. Um So, I mean, old, could, oh, go on, more. Yeah,
2: well, I was just going to say, I'll, I'll add a little bit of optimism, just a tad of optimism, because uh, we uh, did a piece on, uh, on the star of this. It was, it was quite an interesting training session that they held in the last one, because you, there are players coming back. There's Thomas Partey coming back. It, there was signs that there was a combination of Ben White and Gabriel Magalhaes working quite well in training. Lacazette coming back—that's probably where Arsenal's main problem's been. I would say they've only had seven shots on target in three games, which is just unacceptable, really. From—I mean, I'm sure it's been said many times, as you say in the podcast, and probably on AF TV as well. But you know, it's that's probably where their main problem is. But they've got these players coming back, and like you said, there's been a lot of changes. So you would hope that Arteta will say to these players, "This is an opportunity." to show yourselves and to sort of show that we're on the up. But like I say, a lot of pressure. But there's still tinges of optimism, I would say. Small tinges.
1: We'll jump from the, the, the wrong end of the table back up to the right end of the table. Manchester City play Leicester City. And that's an interesting game. Leicester have always done quite well against Manchester City I always feel like a very very worthy opponent for them Ned is there any chance that Leicester can do what Tottenham you know did
0: to to Man City at the start of the season I I think I feel sorry for Leicester in a way because I think the the way that they'd probably try and play it would be similar to how they did it last year, which is how Tottenham did it to Man City this year. So they're they're wiser to it in terms of kind of forcing this this whole idea of forcing them out wide because they've got no one in the middle to, to kind of you know if, if they were to cross the ball into the box, they've not got any height in there to kind of head it home. Um, so in that respect, I do feel a little bit sorry for Leicester and that Spurs were the first ones to kind of do it to him. So Man City will know what's coming now if, if it was to go that way. But, you know, they'll have confidence on their side in the fact that, you know, they beat them last year at, at the Etihad. I don't know this is obviously at the King Power, but they beat them away from home last year. They've beaten them already once this season. Admittedly, Man City were missing a lot of their their internationals for that fixture, but it doesn't matter to Leicester. They, they, they'll go into the game with the knowledge of, we've beaten Man City, we've beaten the champions. We can go there and, and, and do it again. Um, you know, this, this is a side who are used to kind of bringing the fight to the big boys that, you know, like even after they'd won the title to, you know, three, four years ago for us to say, oh yeah, Leicester are going to cause teams problems was kind of seen as a, it's not something that you would have expected, you know, without being disrespectful to them, but the job that Brendan Rodgers has done is really kind of hauled them up the table, made them into these contenders for, for these top four positions, you know, unfortunate just that they kind of seem to run out of steam the last couple of seasons and that they have missed out on Champions League football, um, probably deserved it than some of the other teams that maybe did finish above them in those seasons. Um, but yeah, so this is going to be a tough game for Man City. You know, it, it's it, it's been a difficult, kind of a difficult start for the season in terms of fixtures for them. Obviously, playing Tottenham first up away from home. I know the Arsenal game kind of proved to be a bit of a cakewalk in the end. But, but to play Leicester as well, those three games, when you look at them on paper, three of your first four fixtures... They're right. There have been teams that have had easier runs, um, shall we say, at, at the start of the campaign. So it has been tough for City. I think maybe they'll probably take a point from this because it is one of those, you know, as I said, it is a difficult team to come up against one of the sides that one of the games that you kind of look at and go, yeah, we're, we're going to come into a bit of a battle there. We're going to have to work hard for any victory, any point. So I think City would be happy enough coming away from Leicester with a, with a point this weekend.
1: Do you think, Warren, that this year... I feel like the the quality of the the top side in the league has grown quite a bit which means in turn there will be more dropped points you know we've seen in the past particularly when Liverpool and Man City were fighting for the title for a couple of seasons they just didn't drop points that means, though, that a team like Leicester, if they can be pretty consistent and do manage to beat the sides in the, the lower end of the league and then sneak wins against Man City, could see themselves as maybe unfancied title contenders. Would a win this weekend maybe put them in that conversation where maybe they haven't been for the last season or two? Oh, naturally, of course. I think, yeah, definitely They would.
2: it would give them a massive boost. And I think they're probably going to have the same thing that perhaps we talked about earlier with United having that slow start but they've had a lot of changes in their squad depth because obviously they're building for a Europa League campaign. And you feel like that could be a big Kickstarter for them. My one concern about Leicester, if during this game, is the absence of Wesley Fofana because they've had a bit of a mixed bag to start off the season. And But they've faced like, I think they've actually faced half a century of shots on goal. And I think a lot of that comes down to his absence alongside uh, Kagla Soyuncu. So yes I mean they've they've certainly built squad depth with the players that they brought in I feel they had a very impressive transfer window and but I feel like Europa League will is almost going to hinder their title race so to speak but I think they're still going to be as you say up there and pushing hard I feel they might struggle against City this time but they'll always give it their best I feel like they might just lose out on this
1: occasion Okay, well, we'll jump now, touch on a few of the other games happening this weekend. Ned, Chelsea against Aston Villa. Villa had a pretty poor start, I would say, for them. They probably expect to have more points on the board. Chelsea, of course, expected to be right up there come the end of the season. Do you think this is a kind of a standard? Chelsea win at Stamford Bridge, or do you think Aston Villa could po- cause some problems?
0: No, I, th- I think it should be comfortable for Chelsea in the end, and, and down to one man, alone, Romelu Lukaku. This is the kind of game I think this time last year, maybe Chelsea would have created a lot, huff and puff, but never blown the house down. But with Lukaku now up top, um, again, this seems to be like the kind of target man podcast. You know, we've spoken at the start about Ronaldo being the target man for United. We've spoken about City needing the target man. Chelsea have that now. You know, so that there is that, there is that option. They can kind of go both ways. They can play it into his feet, or if that's not working you know, whip crosses into the box and, and you back Lukaku nine times out of ten to head it home for a goal. Um, it's going to be tough for Villa, but they'll obviously go into it on the back of the fact that they beat Chelsea last time out. You know, they'll have that confidence um, and, and it wasn't Lampard's Chelsea that they faced last time out. It was Thomas Tuchel's Chelsea who then a couple of weeks later went on to go and win the Champions League final. So, in terms, of, in terms of that, yeah, uh, sorry, Aston Villa will have, um, will have confidence on their side again, but it's just hard. Like, when you look at that Chelsea squad now, obviously it all hinges on whether or not Lukaku does pick up an injury at some point in the season but that first 11, there's going to be very few teams outside the top four that can kind of cope with that uh, you know, the tactics that Chelsea play and the quality of players that they've got Uh, and I think unfortunately for Villa this weekend it will be too much for them
1: Liverpool leads Warren Leeds had a, again a bit of a difficult start of the season not won a game yet very poor last time out against Burnley and we're pretty fortunate to get a point there Liverpool of course have started very well you do worry though that Leeds you know with Marcelo Bielsa who's known for not necessarily sticking around clubs for a while might actually be having a, a tricky season do you think that they could be a threat this weekend for Liverpool do you think Liverpool will, will again have very much like what Ned has predicted for Chelsea against Aston Villa, a pretty easy afternoon.
2: I expect so. The feeling is Leeds are sort of walking into the Coliseum in a certain respect. Uh, It's a tough, tough debut for Dan James, who certainly starts going, having played at Manchester United. Uh, And I feel like, well, From Liverpool's perspective, there'll be be a massive motivation for them because they'll know that, they, like I said, they came out on top against them in that thrilling opening game of the 2021 season. I mean, it was like four, three in the end or something like that. Uh, But I feel like for them, it's strange because they're coming, obviously, I think they're going to, they'll feel like they're going to lose out a lot from this Brazilian FA debacle. But at the same time, it's an opportunity for Harvey Elliott alongside Mohamed Salah, Sadio Mane, to show that he's really up there. So I think he'll, and he looks like he's on absolute top form at the moment. So that's probably what's the most dangerous thing for Leeds, especially when their goalkeeper Ilan Melier has had a bit of a clangor really on international duty. You would worry that they are sort of walking into the Coliseum in that respect, and it could be a bit of a heavy one. Uh, Marcelo Bielsa might be a little bit edgy on his
1: on his bucket seat. And you mentioned there, Warren, about the the eight players, uh, Liverpool, of course, have got three and Roberto Firmino, Alisson and Fabinho. Other ones who might miss out this weekend are Thiago Silva for Chelsea, Fred for Man United, Edison and Gabriel Jesus for Man City and Rafinha for Leeds. Do you think that A, these players won't play? Do you have an inkling as to whether or not, you know, the Premier League will be able to get past this issue with the Brazilian FA? But B, who do you think will be the most affected by that ruling? I think it's probably too late at this point. You feel like they'll have
2: to, I think they're going to have to start putting those contingency plans in place. The managers probably have already started putting those contingency plans in place. Uh, Biggest hits, uh, Leeds for sure. Rafinha is just a bundle of energy whenever he's on the pitch. He would probably be the most dangerous player that Liverpool, Van Dijk uh, and Gomez, Matip would be facing in defence. Canate, he'd probably be playing. Um, City, The the fact that Edison isn't there is probably was probably one of the is probably one of the saving graces for Leicester. It's probably why I don't think they've got a chance as well. One of that extra motivational points. Yeah, can I change United. my point
0: on, on Leicester now as well? Because I've realised it's Scott Carson, isn't it? It's not even Zach. It Steffan, is. is yeah. It? yeah. No, yeah I don't unless know unless Zach Stefan plays in his <laughs> place, who knows? <laughs> no, no, know. no. He's, he's he's self isolated I think I read. So yeah, oh, so it's going to be yeah, Scott Carson no. this weekend. So yeah, I think <laughs> Leicester three 0 Simple.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, who else have we got? Uh, Thiago Silva. Yeah, Chelsea. You know, they've got enough squad depth for this. They've got far too many options in centre-back. I think they'll be fine. And Rudiger's going to be on flying form because he's got a blinding header for Germany against Iceland. United, it's a bit of a strange one. The one who'll probably benefit most from the Brazilian FA debacle at United is probably van der Beek, because you feel like he'll have more of an opportunity in that midfield. Matic, you would expect to start in that position alongside uh, McTominay. McTominay moving forward a bit more. But then van der Beek, you would perhaps expect to come off the bench. So in terms of hardest hit, naturally Liverpool, but I would say
1: Leeds as well. Yeah, I mean Scott Carson being a net. I think I saw he's
0: played one Premier League game since 2011. I think I read that somewhere. <laughs> yeah, but he's so conceded three goals in the last ten years, best keeper in the Premier League. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll hold you at that one. We'll see when we come back on Monday whether or not that one holds true. But it'll be interesting to see
1: how that one works out if that is the case. Um, so I think that just about wraps that up for us today. Um, thanks for listening, everyone. Hopefully, the return of the Premier League this weekend is going to be entertaining, and we all enjoy match of the day at half 10 seeing how Cristiano Ronaldo tears up that Newcastle defence. Thanks for joining us Ned and thanks for joining us Warren and please thanks for listening.